everyone. Good morning. Welcome back to the Savage Files podcast and happy new year. I am recording this episode straight out of bed, January 1st, 2023, because we need to get into it. Last week's episode was really short. It was a good episode, but it was really short. We didn't have a lot to talk about, but this week we do. We have lots to talk about, so we're just going to get right into it. On December 30th, 2022, a press conference was held to name the murder suspect of Kaylee Gonzalez, Maddie Mogan, Santa Cronado, and Ethan Chapin. I don't think any of us will forget where we were when we heard the news that the press conference was being held, when we heard his name for the first time, when all of it started to unravel. It was the craziest day. What a way to end 2022. I know the families must feel such a weight lifted off their shoulders. By no means does this change anything, the outcome, the way they feel, the grieving, but at least they have a little bit of peace knowing who this person is and knowing that they're off the street. Now I want to talk a little bit about the suspect. First, I'm going to start off by playing a little clip from Chief Fry at the press conference when he announces the arrest. Thank you for coming today. Last night, in conjunction with the Pennsylvania State Police, Federal Bureau of Investigation, detectives arrested 28-year-old Brian Christopher Kohlberger in Albrightsville, Pennsylvania, on a warrant for murder of Ethan, Zena, Madison, and Kaylee. I want to personally thank these agencies for their assistance in this case. Koberger resides in Pullman, Washington, and is a graduate student at Washington State University. We'll provide as much information as we can about the extradition to Idaho and the criminal process. However, due to Idaho state law, we are limited in what information we can release today until Kohlberger has been has his initial appearance in Idaho court. The suspect, 28-year-old Brian Koberger, was arrested around 3 a.m. on Friday, December 30th. The public defender who was representing Kohlberger for his extradition hearing in Pennsylvania told CBS News that police knocked on Kohlberger's door around 3 a.m. on Friday. They told him and both the parents, and the suspect was very cooperative. Since the arrest, the public defender did make a statement on behalf of Mr. Kohlberger. The statement reads, Mr. Kohlberger is eager to be exonerated of these charges and looks forward to resolving these matters as promptly as possible. The attorney continues by saying that Kohlberger's father flew from Pennsylvania to Idaho to drive back to Pennsylvania with Kohlberger and that they arrived to Pennsylvania around December 17th. An important part of this story and an important part of this arrest is Kohlberger was arrested in Pennsylvania. So the probable cause statement, the reason why he was arrested and what led up to his arrest is sealed until Kohlberger returns back to Pennsylvania. During the press conference, they said, please just be patient with us. We cannot give you any information legally until Kohlberger is back in Idaho. He can waive his right and voluntarily come back to Idaho, or we have to get an extradition warrant for him through the courts, which could take some time. This is his decision. We don't know what he's going to decide, so please be patient. Kohlberger's extradition hearing is on Tuesday, January 3rd, and his attorney says that he intends to waive his right for extradition and voluntarily return to Idaho. And I do want to clarify because some people were confused by the voluntary terminology. Kohlberger is being held without bond, so he has to remain behind bars. So Kohlberger is being held 
without bond, so he cannot be released. So if he makes the decision to get sent back to Idaho voluntarily, then that just means they don't have to go through the courts, do all the paperwork, wait for the courts to sign off on the extradition, and essentially drag out that whole process. With his voluntary return, he gets to address these charges that much quicker and get the ball rolling. I just realized I don't think I read the charges against Brian Goldberger. So Brian Goldberger was charged with four counts of first degree murder and felony burglary. The felony burglary charge is because he entered the home with intent to commit this crime. As of now, the vibe that I'm getting, it seems as though he's going to plead not guilty and act like he didn't do this heinous crime. Now, police have not confirmed this information, but multiple news outlets have said that his DNA was indeed found at the crime scene. And he is the owner of the white Elantra that the police have been asking for tips about. However, it's a 2015 and police were looking for a 2011 to 2013. 13 model, which may be why it took police longer to find the vehicle because the year of the vehicle was different than the one they were looking for. And I hope that there is DNA in that vehicle because with his DNA being at the crime scene already, he can try and say, well, I attended parties. I've been inside the home. So my DNA to be in there, it's not weird. But if there's any of the victim's DNA in his vehicle, how do you explain that? Let's take a step back and talk about Brian Kohlberger. I don't want to glorify him, but I think it's really important that we look into his background and how he could possibly be related to the victims. Born in 1994, Brian Christopher Kohlberger, now 28, was taken into custody at a home in Chestnut Hill Township in Monroe County, Pennsylvania. Kohlberger is a PhD student studying criminal justice and criminology at Washington State University, the university confirmed on Friday. Kohlberger just completed his first semester as a PhD student in the criminal justice department earlier in December. The school's campus is in Pullman, Washington, less than nine miles west of the house on 1122 King Road in Moscow, Idaho, where the students were stabbed to death on November 13th. At Washington State University, Kohlberger is also listed as an assistant instructor for three undergraduate criminal justice courses led by Professor John Snyder. Kohlberger graduated from Northampton Community College in Pennsylvania with an Associate of Arts degree in psychology in 2018. He then attended DeSales University in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where he earned a Master of Arts degree in criminal justice in May 2022. A review of court records in Washington, Idaho, and Pennsylvania showed no criminal history for Kohlberger aside from an August 22 infraction for failing to wear a seatbelt in Latah County, which includes Moscow. I feel like it's important to talk about Brian Kohlberger's background because he does have an extensive background in criminal justice, psychology, and criminology. I do also want to note that world-renowned forensic psychology professor and serial killer expert Dr. Catherine Ramsland reportedly taught Brian Kohlberger at DeSales University in Pennsylvania. I do want to make sure that everybody is grasping that last part. Brian Kohlberger was taught by a doctor and an author who wrote books with the titles Confessions of a Serial Killer, How to Catch a Serial Killer, Inside the Mind of a Serial Killer. Individuals who know Brian Kohlberger have come out and described him as quiet to himself, OCD, and allegedly a pretty heavy drug user. And I don't know that that's current, but in the past. It is confirmed that after November 13th, Brian Kohlberger returned to finish the semester at WSU and also continued his teacher's assistant duties for the criminal justice courses he was helping with. 
Some students have spoken out and said after the incident, Brian Kohlberger in class wanted to speak in depth about the Idaho murder case. One student spoke out and said that Kohlberger failed all of them on tests prior to the murder. But after November 13th, he gave everybody 100s. We also got a look into a Reddit post. And on this Reddit post, it says, Hello, my name is Brian and I am inviting you to participate in a research project that seeks to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision making when committing a crime. In particular, this study seeks to understand the story behind your most recent criminal offense with an emphasis on your thoughts and feelings throughout your entire experience. In the event that your most recent offense was not one that led to a conviction, you may still participate. Additional surveys are included after the open-ended sections to best understand your unique traits. The study should take about 15-20 minutes to complete fully. Your identity and all answers provided are completely confidential and the link to the survey is also an anonymous link. This research has been approved by the DeSales University IRB. And if you go down to the bottom of the email here, it shows that it says student investigator Brian Kohlberger at, and then it says his email. When you click the link, it takes you to the survey and the survey questions are disturbing in hindsight. The questions read, what was the first move you made in order to accomplish your goal? Please detail any thoughts or feelings at this point. Before leaving, is there anything else that you did? Did you prepare for the crime before you left your home? Detail what you were thinking and feeling at this point. After committing the crime, what were you thinking and feeling? Before making your move, did you approach the victim or target? Please detail what you were thinking and feeling. Why did you choose that victim or target over others? After arriving, what steps did you take prior to locating the victim or target? Please detail your thoughts and feelings. Reading all of that back is so eerie because this guy was literally using research through a college on how to kill people. There's already a flurry of speculation online regarding Brian Koberger, and I don't really do speculation, you guys know this, but one just really stuck out to me that I thought was super interesting. In one of the Facebook groups, the Idaho Murders, it's like the biggest group on Facebook for this crime. In the group, there was a user named Papa Rogers, and I guess he was posting a lot in the group. And when you go back and compare the posts that Papa Roger was putting up in comparison to some of the questions in that survey that Brian Koberger wrote, they're eerily similar. So I'm going to read you a couple of them so you can understand what I'm saying. Brian Kohlberger in the survey wrote, why did you choose that victim or target over others? Papa Rogers wrote, why did the killer choose that house over all the others in the area? And he also wrote, what do we think is the entrance point to the crime scene? Brian Kohlberger asked in the survey, how did you leave the scene? And then Papa Rogers wrote, how long do we think the killer was in the house? Brian Kohlberger wrote in the survey, before leaving, is there anything else that you did? And then Papa Rogers wrote, do we think the killer took anything from the house? Now remember, this is still all speculation. However, I just find it very odd. If you're watching the visual version of this on YouTube, I'm going to insert photos of the Papa Rogers profile photo alongside Brian Kohlberger. So you'll be able to see how just odd the resemblance is. On the YouTube version, I'm also going to put on the screen some of the posts on Facebook from Papa Rogers. Just take a second to just read through them because it is very eerie. And even people in the comments are like, dude, you seem like a serial killer. Why are you asking these questions? 
Also, it should be noted that the Pablo Rogers Facebook profile has been taken down as well, which is very interesting. I'm not certain who would have done that if Brian wasn't expecting an arrest and it was his profile who took it down. Just a thought. There's also this one post that Papa Rogers makes and it says, how did the killer leave the scene? Did he clean up at all? And I found this Reddit. Once again, I know guys, this is more kind of speculation, but I think I find it very interesting. So we're talking about it. This Reddit post is very interesting. I'm going to read it to you. It says, found out some pretty neat information from my brother, who is a U.S. Marshal federal agent tonight about the DNA recovery that took place on this case. There was blood residue found in the upstairs bathroom drain. Within the seal, they found skin shavings. They were tested and found to contain both the victim's skin and a third unidentified party. A DNA profile was then sent to a collaborative online genealogy database like Ancestry 23andMe, who narrowed down the sample to being closely familiar within one generation of a single family tree. This gave them a list of just under 70 potential people. This would also appear to confirm the speculation many of us had that the killer spent time cleaning himself up afterward and will provide to be quite the valuable piece of evidence against him. There's also an image of a Carfax screenshot floating around from the subject's vehicle, and it's very telling. It shows in May 2022 that the title was issued or updated in Albrightsville, Pennsylvania. During the crime, the vehicle was registered to Pennsylvania and had a Pennsylvania license plate on it. Five days after the murder, the vehicle was re-registered in Pullman, Washington, and now has a completely different tag number and a completely different license plate. Now, Brian Kohlberger did this before us as the public knew anything about a white Elantra, but I can't imagine what he was thinking in his mind because the police were already looking for a white Elantra. We didn't know this, obviously, but don't you think that would put somebody at the top of the list that five days after the murder, a white Elantra changed their license plate? That would be probably top five of my list. I'm going to go talk to this person because why did this person randomly five days after the murder who owns a white Elantra go change license? plate and if that's a coincidence that's a coincidence but that is suspicious at best honestly what was this guy thinking which raises the question a lot of people have asked did brian kohlberger want to get caught for this crime did he want to get caught and have notoriety did he want this to be a case study did he want to be known as this infamous killer? Because I'm sure people will argue with me and say things like, well, they probably had, you know, the Pennsylvania license plate, so he wanted to change it out. If the police had the license plate number, they wouldn't need the public's help trying to find the white Elantra because the license plate would register back to him. So if he took the license plate off of the car and there was no license plate, then what would be the point in re-registering the car in Idaho? Or I'm sorry, what would be the point in re-registering the car in Washington? All it did was quite literally raise a flag on him in the system because if his vehicle was registered in Pennsylvania and they pulled 22,000 white Elantras from the Idaho-Washington area, he wouldn't have been on that list until he went and registered his car. 
last night in my live people were like why didn't he just fly to pennsylvania because he wanted that car out of washington he wanted it away from moscow he wanted it out of sight he thought nobody's gonna find this car in pennsylvania but this lady said she was driving down the highway took a picture of the car because she said it had washington license plates and she sent it into the tip line it ended up being Brian Kohlberger's car. So this guy isn't that smart if he thought driving cross country was going to get his car out of Washington and nobody was going to spot it. If anything, that's super suspicious that this white Elantra from Washington is all the way in Pennsylvania. And good for that girl for calling in that tip. Going into 2023, this arrest must feel so good for the families, although it's not going to bring any change or bring their loved ones back. I'm sure that it's at least a relief to know that this person is caught, to finally have a face to the name, to finally understand who this person was. Steve Gonzalez said he will be showing up to court to the Idaho hearings for Brian Kohlberger to look him in the face and let him know that this isn't going away anytime soon. These victims need justice. Brian Kohlberger hopefully will be back in Idaho this week, first week of January by the end of the week or beginning of next week, the second week of January. Once Brian Kohlberger is back in Idaho, we'll be able to get some more details. I can't imagine police are going to give us too much because they're building a case. This is still potentially going to go to trial. We don't know what's going to happen, so they won't release too much information. But I do believe once he's back in Idaho, we will learn more. I did read this morning that Kohlberger's attorney, first thing when he gets back to Idaho before they proceed forward, they want to do a psych eval on him. And if this guy tries to plead insanity, I might go insane myself because this guy should not be let off easy for this crime. Absolutely not. We see so often that these criminals will try and do an insanity plea and sometimes it's just so frustrating, so I hope the judge doesn't accept that in this case. Brian Kohlberger is highly intelligent and I feel fully capable of knowing what it was that he was doing to the extent that he stalked these girls and prayed and hunted on them and he, he deserves to be behind bars rotting in jail. I don't know what to expect out of this guy because, you know, at first it was, I'm coming back and I want to make sure that we clear the air and exonerate myself of these charges. And now he's going in for a psych eval and it's just frustrating because these victims deserve justice and him getting a plea deal uh, for insanity is not justice for these victims. Absolutely not. So we're going to have to see how this unfolds as he gets back into Idaho and, and see how it goes. As always, I will keep you guys updated on the very latest on this case. Thank you for being patient on this podcast. There's just so much information. I want to make sure I'm sifting through it all. I know this whole episode was just kind of a background on Brian Kohlberger, but I think it's really important that we understand this person, this psychopath, this narcissist. If you're watching the visual version on YouTube and you're seeing all of the posts that Papa Rogers made on Facebook, let me know what you guys think down in the comments because I'm really suspicious of this character. And while you guys are there, don't forget to like and subscribe the video. Thank you guys so, so much as always for hanging out with me, spending time with me, supporting my content in any way. Definitely follow my socials on TikTok. We have Jade with two E's and then it's Sav, S-A-V-V is my main TikTok. We go live every night, guys. So if you guys want to hear the latest and greatest, definitely check out my TikTok. Thank you so much for your support. Always, always, always. I know I sound like a broken record, but I will always be so grateful for it. So thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a beautiful week. I hope you guys had an amazing holiday. Happy 2023. May this year bring you all the blessings and I'll see you guys next week. Bye guys. Mm -hmm.